Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at worldsoffun.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. 
even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Fighting Cock is back. We welcome Ricky and Spooky. We ask them what they did in the summer. Basically involved Ricky pooing in woods. Uh, we talk Man United. We ask what's funnier, Czech or Arsenal fans after they lose. We talk international fans again. Wendy drops knowledge at half time. Stoke do their thing. Whether or not we're going to smash them to pieces, probably will. 1882 is dead on its ass. Potch has. Oh, fuck, I fucked it. Just keep talking. No, but you're recording me. Doesn't matter. Okay. Potch asks if, uh, if we're really a top four team. Does he even believe in his squad at all? And if there was a Tottenham fan TV, how would we react? The fighting cock. That's your cock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock! A camel It's season... Fuck's sake, every time. It's episode two. Season 5 of the Fighting Cup Podcast. Yay. Well done, Flav. Professional, very professional. Very professional. How about you suck your mum? Because <laughs> I've got Ricky... <laughs> no, no, I will not suck my mum. Apologies for uh, the sound issues last week. Um, yeah. I've got a, a kind of an idea what, what happened, but it should sound much better now. If it hasn't, then really, truly stumped. How's everyone doing? Doing good. Good. Ricky, you've been on holiday. Yeah, it's a little, little, little holiday. Where'd you go? Went to visit the in-laws in Sunny Island. Do you remember last time you went? You told me about having to do a lot of pooing in, out in the uh, out in the open in the wilderness. There wasn't a lot of pooing out in the open. <laughs> I did one poo in a nature reserve. <laughs> I got caught short. I had to duck behind the bank of a river, and then I had to go for a poo in the outside. In my adult life, I've never had to. I've never been caught short. Never. What, you've never, you've never had to do a pull outside. <laughs> yeah, but not so badly that I'd have to hide behind some sort of riverbank. I've so never, you have done a pull outside? Not outside, not in the open. No, never. Uh, what? Uh, what? Are you was, not? No. Speaking, I, I, I think I might have, but as a very young child. You think you might have? You know you've chat somewhere. As a child, yeah, as a tiny child, but not as a grown man. Oh, I've done it. I've lost count the amount of times I've done it. <laughs> like, if I know I've got, if I'm walking from like the train station to my house and it's a twelve-minute journey and I need a poo, I just like just go next to someone's house, <laughs> next to their bins, <laughs> and just get the recycling, like rip open the recycling bag and just get some brown paper and just go. <laughs> Mention don't take no prisoners. <laughs> Get it out. <laughs> get the poison out. For <laughs> 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 oh, that's it for the Fighting Cup podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Spoke, you're back. How you doing, mate? I'm good, man. Follow that up, please. You went on holiday too, didn't you? Yeah, you went on holiday. Yeah, I went to Tenerife for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it was good. The sun, food. Didn't you have to um, dress up as... Yeah, so basically where we were, it's a hotel, and there was an entertainment team, and, and, and as any parent knows, if you go to a hotel, you need to keep the kids occupied during the day, otherwise they drive you crazy. Yeah. So there's like this, this mini club, 
that uh, I put my daughter into, and in the evening they'd have this mini disco, which would basically be a couple of the entertainment people coming out and singing songs, uh, continental songs, English songs, right. with the kids. And it keeps them occupied. They dance. They uh, they they kind of uh, do the conga around the. Anyway, so we're, we're watching this, and on the first day. <laughs> Um, the mascot comes out, and the mascot for the hotel is like this starfish. I actually thought it was a corn on the cob for about three days because it just did not look fucking right. And I was telling the missus, I, I, he also looks a little bit special needs because every time he comes out every day, he's got people, he's got people holding him. <laughs> <laughs> What? Come on, look, I'm just being be like the mascot looked. He had two people holding him as he's coming off the stage. <laughs> stop, stop, stop the story. Everyone's got a work spoon. <laughs> Everyone needs to work, mate. No, you got a camera just doing How did you end up? I feel I'm going bright red here. I feel like I've done something really wrong. I'm just saying. You haven't, it's just my sense of humour, sorry. Well, go on. What, so, how so did you end up in the fucking zoo? Well, well basically, I, I see this, this mascot come out and I'm thinking, <coughs> It's cumbersome, it's slow, it could play for Tottenham in the field. <laughs> joke there. No. Okay, fair enough. And then uh, I find out a couple of days later that they're plucking dads from the audience to dress up oh, as, this, as this mascot. Called, he's called Starkey. And I thought I got away with it, and on the last day, I, I, I basically got plucked. I had to go backstage and put this suit on, and it's fucking... <laughs> I swear I lost a stone instantly. <laughs> and I had to come out onto, onto the stage, and, um, and yeah, dressed up as a kid. I had to go as the starfish. <laughs> And I had to go up to the kids and pat them, and they were cuddling me. It felt very awkward. <laughs> and I had to do the conga as well, and they were following me around. And then I went back on stage again. I bet you're right behind them doing the conga. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was an awkward experience dressed up as a fucking starfish. <laughs> All right. OK. But other than that, you had a good summer. Yeah, you've, <laughs> rot, you've rocked me now. I feel like I've lost my mojo for this pod. Like, all summer long, I've been looking forward to it. I feel like I've, I've, I've said and done something really bad. No, you ain't. It's me. It's me. You <laughs> did you. look special needs, so I was just saying. <laughs> okay. All right, so, uh, yeah, so be had a good, you enjoyed the pre-season, all that kind what, of stuff? What pre-season? Oh, no, we we, weird, we played, it? like, three first-team games, public games that were just for our American friends and, yeah. Okay, we're going to come on to that, because we did ask a question at the end of uh, the pod last week. We did. Uh, just to see if people just explain the kind of what it was like to support them and, and at Spurs from overseas and whether they feel the same way that we do. Anyway, there's some good good responses, so we're going to go into that in a bit. But let's go on to Man United. So we've got Tia as well. Hey, hello. Um, what did you think? I was not, <coughs> I was quite happy at the end of the game. I think I'm, I'm able to separate a performance from a result. I think some people find that difficult. So if we lose, and it doesn't matter how well we played, I guess the result is the most important thing. But I can I, I saw progress there. I, I thought we'd done very well against a good team with a lot of very good players in them. I mean, going up to United, I know we've had some previous decent results there, but before those, it's been like been impossible going up to United trying to get anything and a lot of teams going to Old Trafford is fucking hard anyway but doing it at the beginning of the season where they've made some uh, a lot of expensive signings it's always going to be hard so I didn't think that we would go up there and win or anything I, I thought if we if we got a draw up there it would be a decent result um, but most of all what 
what I wanted to see was uh, a bit of character, and I wanted to see um, to see that at least we were trying, and we didn't just roll over and get done three 0 like we have done previously, and things like that. And you know, the, the game was um, <coughs> was a bit of a stalemate. Um, I think you know both teams are kind of uh, early on was just trying to. Um, suss each other out and tactics and you know it's, it's it's the first game of the season and no one wants to lose so I think uh, both teams are a, a bit cautious I think um, before the game there was more pressure on Manchester United because they spent a lot of money last season they didn't have the pressure of Champions League last season so that helped them they only had must have had less than 45 games all season I guess we had well over 50 so this season will be a test of their squad but I don't believe they had that many shots. They must, must have had maybe one or two. I don't and think they had. A, did they have a single one? I don't remember. No, the, the only <laughs> shot they had that was on target was was the one that Carl Walker stuck in our, our net. Is that even cut as their shot? No. Exactly. So, okay, that shows that's pretty uh, Spursy to lose a goal without actually. Well, they beat Arsenal two 0 by doing. Is that true? Um, but um, but no, I think. His first performance was okay, but I thought we kept punching ourselves in the face and their goal was coming because Bentaleb didn't have a very good game and he kept giving the ball away and when he did give that when he did give that ball away led to the guy I thought, well, you know, this is this is punishment. And Speak, what do you think? Yeah, the the football's nice. It was neat and tidy, there was a, a, a bit of inventiveness going forward. There wasn't that much pace. I know uh, Bardi was talking about on the last pod about the amount of pace that we have in the team now, but it just seemed like United could read us every time we pushed forward. And it looked like one of those contained Spurs performances where we played all right, but we lose. And it's like, ah, bless them. It's like there wasn't enough, there weren't any knockout punches, and and, and it looked like a game that really should have been a nil-nil. We didn't do enough to really score. Obviously, we didn't. And they didn't do enough to score. It, it was just... It, to me, it, if we had won, drawn or lost that game based on how it panned out... None of it would have been surprising, kind of thing. No, because the conclusions at the end of it would be we still need a couple of strikers, we still need something else in midfield. You can see the structure is there. I'm, I mean, I'm not disheartened at all. Do you know what I mean? And usually you'd think, oh, for fuck's sake. But, you know, it's the first game of the season. We probably shouldn't have lost... Let's just shift on and see what we do at home to Stoke next week. That's what this go, weekend. Go back to T's point about Bentaleb not having a great game. <clears throat> do you think it was down to to uh, actually Bentaleb, or was it due to the fact that <coughs> like a, a new partner next to him? A diner. Uh, in dire, <laughs> dying here. Very good. <laughs> very very not good. Sick, like. Telepathy. <laughs> uh, do you think because with Dyer and like. For a lot of last season, Bentaleb was partnered with... Uh, do you want to shut up now? Sorry. I'll die in peace. Bentaleb was partnered with Mason for the majority of last season. And then when you've got a new partner in, you don't know how, where they're going to be and things like that. So Windy, Windy tweeted it and got shot down. What? I didn't... Well, he just said that. And was it because of a different partner I played badly? I don't think it was down to the partner myself. Last season at Old Trafford, he had a, he had a similar performance. It's just one of those days when... He didn't they, play well. Well, yeah, it doesn't happen. He, he's 20. I mean, it's going to happen. With a young team like we have, you're going to have performances like that. That's exactly right. The th- people are way too analytical. They try, they try to put everything under the microscope. Sometimes a player is shit because he's played shit on that day and, and you just have to forget about it and move on. I mean, his, his pass led to their counter-attack and they scored... 
and he kept doing that all afternoon. He just didn't have a good day at the office. I know it's a cliche, but it's just it That's is what true. it is. I thought Dyer, yeah. if anything, Dyer was quite solid and probably should have given oh. Bentaleb the chance to maybe express himself a little bit more and, and feel a bit more free to to kind of stamp his his own oh. authority on the game. But as it turned out, Dyer played well, and and yeah, the other half of the midfield was a little bit mm. lopsided. So, well, I was gonna I was gonna. Uh... Go back, go back to that, and say that Mason's a bit more of a, an attacking player than Dyer, and a bit more tenacious. And he's a lot more tenacious. When Bentaleb's like looking around to, put, to, to ping the ball round, that Mason gives that more movement, and, and yeah. Dyer maybe was a bit more static. So he's looking for the passes where he normally looks, and it wasn't there. So it's making, it's forcing him into yeah, it, maybe an un- uncomfortable position where he's got to spray the ball a bit more, or over more ground I, d- I, d- I don't know I think we definitely played much better when Mason come on I think uh, we essentially had control of the game until the final whistle when Mason come on and that, I think that's partly about Man United sitting back and trying to attack us and seeing if they can exploit some of the spaces that we were leaving or it could be what I was saying was exactly right <laughs> it could be that as well probably yeah. is that but um, I'm just going to carry on talking yeah. uh, what would we have done because Mason wasn't ready to start based on what we heard last week I, he had 20 minutes of pre-season friendly um, Dembele was deployed as a right-sided forward, um, which I understood completely because it was that gave us that kind of defensive he car- uh, defensive angle, and he carried the ball well. I quite liked Dembele up there; I really did. I, I, I know he didn't have a great game, he but didn't. I think no, no, he didn't have a great game, but he didn't. Um, I just feel more assured when he's in the team, especially in terms of keeping possession, getting that tempo back. Because so much about football is. Is tempo and reading the game and, and, and understanding when you know when, you, when a team is, is closing down in your box and it feels like you're never going to get out and then you get that moment it goes to a player and he carries it and allows your team to get out and, and, and get back into the game I think Dembele offers that regularly but sorry just to go back to my question if Dembele's playing on the wide right, 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 wide right Dyer's the only one that's going to be able to play there if Mason isn't fit with Dembele uh, with, with Bentaleb well, a few seasons ago, well, many seasons ago, Redknapp played with two goalkeepers on the bench, and it was looked upon as um, as a middle finger to leave. He said, look what you've left me with. you left me with, um, you know, a bereft squad. Mm. And maybe him putting Dyer in centre-mid is, is, is him saying, look, you know what, I need a central midfielder because I have to put a centre-back there. I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, what I was thinking during the game was maybe put Toby, whatever the fuck his surname is, in defensive midfield and put Dow alongside Vertonghen. Maybe that would have worked better because he played that position against us when he played Southampton last year. He actually did quite well. Was Dyer that bad? <clears throat> I don't know if Dow was that bad. I just don't think it's his position. I don't think he gave us anything. He didn't... You played all right, but you're right. There wasn't anything to yeah. his game. Like, yeah. Why would he play? Why would you pick him next week? Is yeah. he, what kind of midfielder is he? He's he's not. He's obviously not. He's a centre back. So he's, he's just filling the role. He, he, because he's such a he's such a disciplined player, and he's proud, and he's he wants to do and well. He's got good technique to be. It, yeah, exactly. Which is probably why he's trusted to, to slot in there. But exactly what he said. We need, and we know this. We've been saying it like since last season. We need a well-rounded central midfielder to slot in there. Not a, a youthful talent, but someone with experience that can actually bring a. A, a genuine can be us, though, man. Dimensions, though. So I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he loves him. <laughs> don't <be> shot. <laughs> Sven Bentner. Yeah, oh. definitely get him. We can't say his name anymore. Yeah, apologies for that. Uh, that drop in the ITK last week. We banned IT, the word ITK from the fighting cock. Yeah, You'll never hear it again. again. Never. That's it. <laughs>
yeah, okay, all right, well, fair enough. But this, it was a, a positive experience for me for 90 minutes. I, I think um, Ericsson should have scored that goal. Uh, it's definitely a, a very good chance, anyway. Yeah, all right, the, more, yeah. the more I yeah. see it, the more I think he should have put it away. There's also, there was that, I think there was, who came in on the right hand <clears> side <throat> and it kind of just didn't drop for him. He was thinking if Lennon. Might have been Walker, actually. And then obviously, yeah, Walker, and then there was. Dembele yeah, the just kind of side footed it was offside or ruled yeah. offside but it wasn't offside at all um, I just think that we had the chances to nick it and you've got to remember that maybe the, the benchmark that's been set is quite high at Spurs now because we're actually talking about a t- uh, a, 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 a sly 1-0 defeat at Man United has kind of it was disappointing yeah it's like rather than yeah given the t- look, you, when I saw their front line I was worried. Uh, the pay, I get it, it's his first game, he's going to take time to bed in. You've got um, Ashley Young. Ashley Young and Matt. kept quiet as well. Yeah, by Walker. He yeah. played very well. Probably our best player, actually. Uh, and obviously Rooney up front, who always has a great game. Yeah, he loves scoring against us. But the, the positives as well was um, if you had um, Danny Rose, who gives us that bit of impetus on the left hand side, and we had Hugo Lloris in the team. Could have done a lot better. So we've got those two to come back into the team. Hugo played earlier on today, and he played a full ninety. So um, who's to say against Stoke we'll have a stronger eleven? May, may sign a couple of players by then too. So there's a lot of positives to take to take from the game. But I do feel that United will. They're, they're, they're more keen-eyed fans will realise that they've got. There's a lot of work to be done on, on their team. I think with us, it's just a case of um, this season we need to start seeing a bit of shape. And we need to start seeing a bit of identity as well because I think Poch last season he worked with the team. He's obviously made the decision to get rid of what he thinks is not going to work going forward. We've got rid of a lot of players. We now not, we now. I want to in, in ten <coughs> games time, in fifteen games time. In fact, I want to be able to tell people this is the, the Tottenham star. This is the type of football we play because for a couple of years now. I've not been able to answer the question. What kind of football do we play? Is it pressing? Is it possession-based? Is it counter-attacking? What, what is it? Mm. It's a mishmash. And to be fair, Poch inherited a, a, a squad that failed for the previous manager. But so was a squad built for the previous manager. Well, exactly. And I, I don't want to get stuck into this another fucking transitional season. It, it, you know, he's got the players that he's wanted to bring in from last season and the players he's signing this season. We've got to start seeing something now. No pressure on, on. Well, you know, he's lost three and four as well, so you'd be lucky to see the month out, to be fair. So, <laughs> so I'm just, just, just pointing that out. He lost to the MLS fucking All Stars, lost to, what is it, Real Madrid yeah. and Man United. This isn't on. No. This, this is not on, no. Must, must improve. Um, the, the support was fucking fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The bollocks. There's some videos going around. There's one. When isn't it, though? Really? No, oh, do you, oh, I mean away, yeah. Away from was, it was it was certain it was some something about that, and uh, do you know what it is? I think the fans could appreciate that there was effort going on and they were trying and there was there was definitely a, a cohesion and and, yeah. and and some sense and deliberateness to what we were this doing. Pride in 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 the shirt, isn't it? The players never gave up. It wasn't a calamitous capitulation, which is what we tend to provide everyone with when we visit Old Trafford. Mm. You know, and uh, we're just unlucky on the day, really, not to get a point. But you know, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I've got the time hop app, and over the last 
week or two, there's been loads of throwback Thursdays or whatever. There's all been like, you know, fighting cock first, first podcast of the season. And I was just thinking actually um, that the team has changed with recognition since we first started the podcast. We had like, um, I think you wanted Parker to come in and Adibar to come in. They came and they did well. And then we had the the Sherwood period where we lost funnel to Chelsea, and now we've got a completely different team. We've almost had like three or four different teams as the podcast yeah. has started. Yeah. And the team we played on Saturday, we feel like they are they are Spurs in the, in, in that sense. So mm. after the game, they'll come forward to the fans and clap and appreciate and do tweets about us. Well, whereas in the past we didn't really see that. So so there is that as we well. We compare our fans to. Arsenal's fans at the weekend. Well, we, we yeah. I mean, you, you think, you know, there's a death in their family. How would they handle that? I mean, you know, they... they... It's one... It's, I mean, it, it fascinates <laughs> it's one me. Fucking like, game. It's one game, and, and you've got them outside, and I know it's for the cameras for, for that, that particular YouTube channel, but it's like they're dissecting the entire season based on, on 90 minutes football. They lost to Villa 2-0 last season. Mm. First game of the season, yeah. or whenever it was, a couple of seasons yeah, yeah. back. And, and then they, they were rampant. So it's like, next next week, no doubt, they'll be championship, uh, champion uh, contenders again. Yeah. And then a week after that, they'll be back to being suicidal. It's we, just... We got a question from uh, Reddit, from Dorsinio is elite. He asked, what was funny, a check coming out and flapping against West, West Ham or the meltdown... On Woolwich it's actually very, it's a very close, isn't it? I mean, they're both quite close. Because, that was incredible. Because Czech was sold as a missing piece in the jigsaw. Yeah. And he's going to get us 15 to 18 points a season. But that's, the, that's them saying that. No, they, no, but even pundits. Pundits said it. Pundits. What's his face? Come on. Deepmars. He said that they're going to win the league, yeah. Idiots feeding idiots. The fucking Spaz Fest. And then then what? They lose at home to to a fucking Ted Pop... Fucking Pearly King fridge freezer, from East London. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's got, for me. It's got to be uh, the uh, check coming out and flapping because I, when after everyone's saying, you know, oh, I was going to save us like yeah. ten to twelve points and all that lot, mm. a missing piece of the puzzle, like yeah. T was saying, and it comes out and he flaps, and I was like, that's fucking brilliant, and like they're losing one nil. And then that shitty shot as well. Yeah. And I was like, that's good. See, he didn't even dive, mate. He didn't even do anything. No, see, the thing is, right, I, I, missing a cross, any keeper can do that. Yeah. You've got to make a decision. You've got a few, less than a second to make it. Sometimes it happens. And you can kind of, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was really bad. But I kind of think he wanted to kind of stamp his authority on, yeah. on the Arsenal defence. And yeah. he's like, big pet check here now. And he just fucking looked like an idiot as he <laughs> threw it through the air. Um... The second goal, that was really bad. Yeah. That was really, really <laughs> bad. Like that, that was like, what's, what kind of keeper is this? I don't even think the West Ham fans believed it had gone in. No. They, they were just like, what? All right. And uh, it was an interesting thing. Bardi was, we was talking to Bardi about this, and he yeah. said his feet are gone. And I don't know what that means, right? Yeah, it makes no, sense. It does make sense. What? It just means in terms gone. of uh, uh, his brain is saying jump. And in a second later, he jumps, but it's a second too late. So it's like kind of reactions of, uh, of kind of yeah, because he's old and his, his, his skull's still smashed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit. Real. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone. <laughs> he's like a bully, isn't he? And a fist fall on him as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> everyone criticised him for wearing a hat it's because there's <laughs> nothing else there. Oh, what's my trailer for? Just <laughs> <laughs> what Woolworths? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Now for the second goal, for the second goal, what he did, I mean, 
That's this. Um, Rooney scored that goal against um, Seaman all those years ago, and he gave him the eyes. <coughs> and who scored it? Was it Zarati or Payet? Zarati. Yeah, so what he'd done, Petacek had already put all his weight on his left foot, and the shot went the other way. Yeah, he shifted yeah. the wrong way. So that's he? why it looked as bad as it did. I mean, it's his fault. I mean, it's funny as fuck. But he. He obviously gave him the eyes, and then no one closed him down, and then the ball went in in slow motion. But yesterday was one of the greatest days on Twitter. <laughs> All I've got to say is just two words. Mellow, mellow. <laughs> mellow, mellow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is funny, though. Like, obviously, Spurs, he's be, he gets used a lot for to describe Spursy moments when we fuck up. But <laughs> I think Arsenal are more Spursy than Tottenham in terms of... of, of I mean... The hype leading up to check yeah, the yeah, side. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what I'm but saying? It, it, and you, you think it's this most unlikely thing to happen, but now it's becoming quite Arsenal-ish for it oh. to happen on a regular basis for them. They sign someone, they hype it up, yeah. and then it's pie in the face. A bit Ozil was a bit like that, wasn't he? Um, but it, Still is, right? Yeah, but but che- that, that mistake for check isn't something you expect from a top keeper. That isn't, like you're saying, yeah, right, his weight was on his right-hand side. A world-class keeper would adjust and find a way to save what was d- a pretty I'd, poor goal. So he's not the keeper they think he is, hopefully. Maybe I, I don't ever want to defend him, but... Uh, Chelsea don't let in shots like that. Because Matic or whoever would have shut him down already. Mm. So no one has shut him down. So he probably didn't expect the shot to come yeah, his way. Arsenal's defence wasn't to, great. To come his way at all. But um, the point I wanted to make was... Um, I mean, we all, we're all around the same age. You remember Jimmy White in the eight, in back in the day? Guess at the final... Oh. Jimmy White's year. Yeah, yeah. Every year the same thing. And he loses. Like, he'd be like, I don't know, 17 11 up against Hendry. <laughs> 17 12. That's <laughs> Arsenal. So Arsenal, when the pressure's on them and they have to do something, yeah, yeah, they don't do it. So I remember when they had Hull in the cup final and they were 2 0 down. They couldn't take the pressure. Um, they played Villa. There's no pressure on them there. They smashed them. So now you've got Pundit saying they're going to win the league. ITV football said, oh, do you think Arsenal have voice taste in the league? All these tweets are coming out. So now it's their coronation. Yes, there was a coronation. Chelsea dropped points. Um, yeah, Man United win unconvincingly. So this is their <laughs> this is their moment. And the fact that they fucked it up and their fans are like getting emotional just. Beautiful. One of the best days on Twitter in ages. It's like when um, it's like when Kate and Wills got married. It's like the London opening ceremony of the Olympics. It was as good as that. It was as beautiful as that. Their tears taste like fucking Oreos and milk. Yes. It was beautiful. I love the, the infuser. It's so easy talking about an Arsenal loss. Like, yes. like Spurs win. It was just like, oh yeah, well, we did well. But Arsenal losing is just something spe- very special. Yes, Spurs! <laughs> <laughs> All right, and um, yeah, this response from the international fan um, thing. Okay, so I'm going to summarise this because it's too much to read out. But Colin, uh, who grew up five minutes from the San Jose earthquakes, this is in response to this uh, banner that they put up. This, this they're talking about uh, snob. What, what do they call them? Snob, uh, Euro snob fans. Uh, it says American fans of local clubs feel the same way about the globalisation of football and that nearly all of American fans follow a big club in a big league in Europe because that's the f- uh, football centre of gravity. So I can understand if you're interested in the support, well, your, your, your interest is going to f- move towards Europe because that's where the best football's played. I, guess. I mean, I guess yeah. the parallel is um, people over there supporting NBA teams and not local basketball teams, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of that myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, he also added. Uh, MLS fans hate what is called Euro snobs. That's someone else, by the way. No, interestingly, he had it. MLS fans uh, hate... Sorry, MLS fans hate 
what is called Euro snobs or people who claim to be huge football fans but feel that supporting their local club isn't worth their time because the level isn't very good. I don't agree with that at all. I mean, if that's their reason, the, the level of football's crap, then you're not the same kind of football fan as I am or teams of, uh, you know, imagine Stevenage fans, how kind of insulted they would be by hearing something like that? I don't know, just because the level it's, of football shit it's, don't, it's don't very, be interested it's, in it. It's very common, though. I mean, um, even this, the basketball point I made just a second ago, um, there's people over here who won't watch the local basketball team play, they'll watch, they'll watch the NBA and the same with American football. Mm. But do these fans say that they're... Oh, fucking I'll say it. Do these fans say that they're on the same... You know, they're as passionate as fans who are actually going to the games up and down the country and around the continent. I guess, I, I guess it's quite hard to, to compare fans from an international fan base to people that go every week because they don't get the opportunity. And well, I'm of sure, course. And I'm sure they would if they, if they could. When Dan came over but, here, he went, he went everywhere. Yeah, and exactly. he, he loved, loved, it. And he loved it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I think where you can understand if a, t- if, a, if a fan goes to San Jose... And then there's fellow fans that are just following British clubs, and you've got right. There's a football club here to, to support to get behind it. You there's, can understand why they would have the arsehole. But they've, they've got they've got distance issues as well. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. had we, we had loads of emails and just saying it's impossible. Coming and they were saying, well, you know, the clubs are like a three-hour drive away, so we don't have the away following. I mean, England's a tiny <coughs> country. Yeah, just to travel up and down the country, so it, it, it can be difficult for them to feel an affinity to yeah. to a local club. So I do. Kind of Someone else uh, emailed in and said United showed up one day uh, unannounced and wanted to practice on our pitch. This is San Jose interrupting our training session uh, for the game. They moved me and half of the local reporters out of the press box to accommodate foreign press. He added, "Before all the friendly, San Jose were in a comfortable playoff spot, but since then we've taken just one point from six league games. These are the kind of things that stirred the resentment that we saw in that banner. So it wasn't just." A general comment. Yeah. It was a reaction to things that have been happening. <clears throat> uh, as someone, uh, it was a, D- a DC United fan on Reddit. He said, "As someone who has season tickets to my local professional club, I can't help but resent all of the thousands of people that overpaid to see a friendly between Chelsea and Barca in a horrible stadium that's out of the way when the parking tickets cost more than it would to see two uh, two games for DC United." Yeah. So you kind of there was a ver- variety of. Of um, responses and all of them, kind of to some degree, had merit. Mm. I think the one about the distance, you know, they, you know, you can't. It's so hard to follow a team in in America in the same way that you can in England. And if you can't get to games in America, then why not f- support actual you know, anyone else? America doesn't, doesn't have the away fan culture that we have as well. I and mean, even in Europe, they have, the, they have that culture. That's over it. There. Did you see that video online? I was uh, just about to say they do have the hooligans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who are you? Who are you? The thing is, when I when that I, when I tweeted funny. that, uh, um, someone, uh, Julie Kite, I think, uh, I think her name is, uh, said, "Well, where's, I live in New York. Where, where, where is this? Where is this?" And then when she worked out it was New Jersey, she started laughing as if to say, "Ah, them lot. They're a bit. They're they're also a bit special over there in New Jersey. Uh, well, 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 New, well, New Jersey, I guess, the reputation they have is that they're all." Pissheads and, and they all like a fight and they will fight over anything. Right. It's just that when you're running down the street with a sandwich ball <laughs> and you're singing "Who Are You" out of tune, which is a fucking really difficult thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it did sound. Then, um, yeah, that was that. I was laughing at that video for about 25 minutes. I was like, I'm still laughing now. What, what, what do you reckon? Is it because it come across as a bit plastic? Um, New York City, uh, a club that were founded 
what last summer? Yeah, two years ago. And they're having a derby match against uh, the, the Red Bulls. The, the, yeah, the Red Bulls. So it's weird, isn't it? Like a global franchise called Red Bulls that bought clubs all over the world to a brand new team well, in, you know, who, who, so have who these are these people players fighting each other? They're essentially like, owned by Man City. Why? There's no history to hate. I'm sure we'll get. A, I'm sure we'll get a backstory at some point. But yeah. it's like when um, when the Premier League had cheerleaders, and uh, I um, remember Blackburn having a male cheerleader who couldn't dance for shit. <laughs> so if you're an American, you know, you, you watch, you know, I don't know the LA Lakers. Their cheerleaders are quite famous. Or the Dallas Cowboys are yeah. also famous cheerleaders. And you see like Blackburn, you got I don't know fucking. Eric from versus Greg's trying to do a dance. So he's thinking, well, what the fuck is this? What, what are you doing? That's, that's, that's how I felt watching watching that fight. Well, uh, a kind of element of uh, European football hooligans are glorified in, in films and everything that you see now. So over there, mm. they've seen it and they want a bit of it, and it looks and it looks quite fun. It's different. It's just like kind of I don't know, like we. <clears throat> Because I can't talk from experience because I don't live in somewhere like Houston. That I don't have, you know, I don't support... Is Houston Rockets a team? <laughs> yeah, <they laughs> and the Oilers, they've got the Oilers All right, too. So, like, I imagine <laughs> that everyone in Houston, everyone supports the Rockets. Yeah, go Rockets! <laughs> and, like, there, there isn't a much diverse... Like, you don't go to school with someone and someone sitting next to you be like, nah, I'm fucking Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. Oilers. The but thing is, uh, and there's this massive hatred. But when I went to school, and I was surrounded by gooners, United, Liverpool, and it was fucking every day you went to school, it was like a war zone because you, you never want to give an inch to anyone over your team, and you're willing to fucking like flick back through history uh, and just to shove it in someone's face. I thought you were willing to die in the playground. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, swinging I did that as well. Coming out swinging. <laughs> the, the point I wanted to quickly make there is that that's, that that ties into what I said earlier. There's no away fan culture, so for that to happen is, is just is just bizarre because but, hooliganism but, is <laughs> built on away. Fans going to a home team's ground and having a piss. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm fairly certain, and I'm sure some of our American listeners will, will, will just fill us in with the details. That they, they, they do, there is a history of violence. There, there, there's been games that have ended with supporters, and this this isn't even football. This is American football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've gone out in the street and trashed. Street, Stanley Cup final, whoever wins it, the, the rule is you just smash your own town up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love There is a culture of just fuck it, let's just burn everything to the ground. Yeah. But um, yeah, what Ricky said, there, there isn't, you know, if, if you have to go to school with gooners every day of your life, then you, you, I mean, the hatred there is fucking real and it's genuine and it's simmering to boiling point. Mm. To lava, the lava would all over them. Volcanic eruptions. But, but I think there's more passion in American sport in the college games than there are in... Um, a hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, Georgetown can't move, Duke can't move, North Carolina can't move. And again, that's um, 60,000, 70,000 yeah. people turn up for that. I mean, in American, that's fucking unreal. In American football, um, Pittsburgh and Green Bay won't move. In, NF, in NBA, the Knicks won't move. By the teams move around, so you're not going to... Get, so, mm. so, the, so America already on on an unlevel footing in terms of getting that fan culture out there, and um, I don't know. I think it will grow though. No, it, it will definitely, it will, it will definitely grow. I mean, half the people listening to this podcast are from there anyway. Yeah. So. Well, also, the, I, I, like I said last week, I, I'm quite enjoying their kind of adoption of the kind of ultras culture 
for, from Europe. I mean, it's not even a British thing, it's certainly a European thing. I was yeah, that's say, definitely, I, I, yeah. I forgot to leave out South America as well. Yeah. Like, it's fucking insane, River Plate and Boca Juniors and everything going down there. Some, you're walking down the street like a big fuck-off drummer in the front, he's just, like, singing all the way down the street. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's just oh, awesome. Man. Anyway, this, that's the last time we're going to talk about the globalisation of football, unless something major happens until the NFL come, I suppose. All right, thank you, everybody, for getting involved. And um, keep listening. Hopefully they don't upset you too much. And if we do, you'll probably get over it. Uh, okay, that's it from the first half. Now we've got Windy, and he proper hates Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Windy, about to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. here back with the weekly youth update looking at our young players and players out on loan starting off the loanees grant ward was withdrawn at half time for rotherham as they lost 4-1 to mk dons on opening day the sheffield telegraph gave him five out of ten for his performance and said that he was unable to impose himself on the game Milos Velkovic's loan move to leeds looks to be off after we failed to agree terms i'm told that they wanted an option to make the move permanent and wouldn't agree to a recall clause There's also talk that they wouldn't agree to uh, a minimum number of games that he would be involved in. On to the youth teams. Uh, Under-18s beat Brighton 5-1 on Saturday morning. The goal scorers were Ryan Loft, Zenon Stilionides, Charlie Owens, Keziah Sterling and Sam Sashoa. Kieran McKenna picked out George Marsh for his performance. He said, I thought he was outstanding for for a young first-year midfielder playing at centre-half. The under-21s then beat a young, inexperienced Everton side 4-1 on Monday at Hotspur Way. The returning Alex Pritchard scored twice, with Nathan Odua getting another and Shaq Coulthers completing the scoring for Spurs. Hugo Lloris also played and Cameron Carter-Vickers captained the side at 17. I've had loads of questions again this week. I'll try and get through as many as I can uh, and I'll probably stop somewhere around the five-minute mark since I seem to be taking up half the podcast these days. First up, at to Trunk says, with our current striking crisis, should we now regret never giving Koulibaly a chance? Oh, OK, you're trolling. Very good, Trunk. Uh, OK, at CNK82, any prospects who have a chance of breaking into the first-team squad next season? Yet yeah, loads. As I said last week, we've got a few bubbling around this squad. Onomar, Winks, Walker-Peters, Carter Vickers. These are all players that could get chances, especially if we're brave in the early stages of the Europa League. At Daniel J. Permut, P-E-R-M-U-T-T, says, Any particular reason why Grant Ward was hauled off at half-time? Tactical or was he just awful? It's been very difficult to find reports, but um, it sounds like he, he didn't have a particularly great game and they wanted to change the system around. At Kibo83 says, An obvious one, I guess, but who do you expect will have the biggest impact on the first 11? I guess he means of the youth players. Um... tricky one would probably go for uh, Harry Winks at Trunk again serious one this time we have a lack of pace inside at the moment do we have any super pacey impact players in the ranks not really I mean we don't win I mean Walker Peters is really quick but he's a right back Um, so if you're going to play him you may as well play Yedlin to some extent Uh, Odua's got a turn of pace uh, he's not electric, but he's got a turn of pace. Other than that, no, not, none of the players are blessed with amazing pace, but they're all quite nimble players, I'd say. 
At Miami Burns says Winks or Bentaleb, who will have the better Spurs career? At this point, it's hard to gauge where Winks' ceiling is, but I think Bentaleb's a fantastic player, so I'd go with him. At JBignill92, what's the latest on the Pritchard injury? Well, you may have seen he returned today for the under-21s. He played 45 minutes, having trained apparently just once, and he scored twice. One was a free kick, so it looks like he's, he's pretty close on a return to full fitness. At Guy Shelton says Pritchard versus Ericsson. My money's on Pritchard. I think he's stronger on the ball and more direct. Your thoughts? Uh, I mean, as I've said before, I, th- I think Ericsson is still a long way ahead of, of Pritchard and, and will remain that way. I do like Pritchard, but I don't think he's ever going to be an elite level player. I really hope I'm wrong on that. At Matt Hull 5, if you could be the proud father of any youth player at present, who would it be and why? God, Matt, that's really creepy. Um, I don't think I can answer that. At Michael MacArthur says, how close is Ishmael Azawi to the first team? Any chance of a breakthrough this season or still work to be done? Yeah, loads of rough edges to smooth out. Uh, he's, he's a good player. He's talented. He does have a great goal-scoring record. But he does also tend to drift in and out of matches and he needs to really learn to impose himself on a team be that with his movement or his ability on the ball. At Whiteheart Danes, I like that at, that says, is the like of Shaq, likes of Shaq Hawthorne ready to make a cane this year or do we need to dish out loads of money for two strikers? Yeah, Coulthurst unfortunately won't cut the mustard at the Premier League level. Um, he, we probably do need to spend some money actually in, on forwards. We don't really have anyone coming through immediately. The next two in line are Shane Harrison, who's who's good. Uh, he's got a good goal-scoring record again, but he's very slight. He needs to bulk up, and he needs a full year of under-21 football. Beyond that, Ryan Loft's a second-year um, scholar. He doesn't look anywhere near ready for first-team football yet. And Sterling is really, really good, but he's very young and needs to play a full season of under-18 football. Um, at Moley with a 1 instead of a, an L says what does our youth setup do differently to other clubs that have brought on so many bright young stars in recent years uh, I've spoken before about the sort of change in emphasis on, on technical training when Ricardo Munoz came in and started teaching the Curva method so listen back to, to previous updates on that uh, and also I wrote about that in, in the first edition of the fanzine so you can read about that there uh, the other thing we do differently is we actually give our young players a chance, and I think that's one of the things that attracted this club to Pochettino. Uh, last one before I say that's enough for this week. At Hectic Has 57 says, What has convinced you that Velkovic is such a great prospect? Yeah, I mean, I've waxed lyrical about Velkovic on, on here and on Twitter. He's just so composed for a, for a 19 year old kid. The fact that he can play two positions is a nice bonus. He's. he's Won the Under-20 World Cup with Serbia, so he's got the kind of the winner's mentality now. He just looks ready to me. He's he's a very intelligent kid. He he interviews well. If you read his interview, Jack Pitbrook, he comes across as if he understands the game and understands his role in the team. And he's just got loads of ability, be that in, cent- in central midfield or at centre-back. Um, I think once you see him play a few games, you'll you'll see what I'm seeing. OK, that's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Second half, Fine Cop Podcast, Episode 2, Season 5. 
Wendy doesn't really hate Americans, I was just being silly. Wendy loves Americans. He loves everybody. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Apart. His favourite genre is Americana, Father John Misty and all that kind of good stuff, man. Yeah, he I loves lo- it. I love Hope Solo. <laughs> I, I, you know, R.I.P. Sean Price as well, man. Big up. Who's he? He's, um, he's, he's a rapper who um, died in his sleep on, on Saturday. Oh, that's very sad. Anyone yeah. else died this week? Um, Silla Black. Black. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was just going to say, sleep is the cause of the death. Oh, there you uh, go, drop it, drop it once. Okay, uh, the Fighting Cock supports the cu- uh, campaign against living miserably. 12 men a day commit suicide. It is, in fact, the biggest killer of men aged 45 and under in the, in the UK. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm, have an airplane open from 5 pm. Until midnight, the number is 0808 802 5858. Their web chat is open from 5pm until midnight each day of the week. And you can visit thecalmzone.net. Their Twitter handle is at thecalmzone. Give them a follow. Boom. Stoke City at home. Done a double over, double over us last year. Yes, Arsons. they did. They did indeed. Huh? Arsenal's. Yeah, they are. But um, I think they were a bit. Um, they, they were a little unlucky to lose yesterday against Liverpool. Um, yeah, I think they, they kept Liverpool at bay for long spells. Um, yeah, there's obviously there's been a lot of talk about the players can, they can bought. Can you just say Liverpool again? Liverpool. Do I say it badly? Yeah. No, you say it like a scouser. Or just Liverpool. Liverpool. I blame my brother. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a Liverpool fan, even though he's not scouser. He doesn't even like. Anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, so no, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the players they've bought. They bought um, Afolai. <laughs> Yep. And a couple of ex Barcelona players. They got more Champions League winners than Arsenal, Van, apparently. Van Ginkle. Yeah, they came from Chelsea, though. <laughs> you, you, you just shouting names out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like last week all over again. Right. John Burridge. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Shawcross. He's injured. <laughs> so, Bojan. Yeah. He's eight weeks away, apparently, so definitely can't make it. Good. He would have ripped us up. Yeah, he would have. Um, Shakiri's having that. Yeah. Medical. Yeah. Medical today, which is a bit of an odd one, because I think, you know, when we, we were linked a little bit at the beginning of the summer, and I was like, I'd like him. He scored some belters. Yeah. Foot like a traction engine and all that. Yeah. Um, and, and now he's going to Stoke, which probably shows how good a player he pr- really is in real terms when you don't just watch YouTube videos like me. Well, they told him that Stoke was in London, so that's probably why he's joined. Oh, Jesus. That's like the, the direct opposite of London, isn't it? I do like the way some of our supporters go, I absolutely fucking ape shit because they're saying, why are we not signing him? Uh, because we're not fucking interested, maybe. Maybe we don't want to sign him. Maybe there's a reason. It's just because all these other mid-table teams and and, 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 and whoever are signing these players, it's, oh, he's available. Why we? This, this proves Daniel Levy is not ambitious because he's not signing a player that signs for fucking Crystal Palace. You can't get me into like, team. And come it, on, guys. I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you're signing for Stoke, there's something wrong there. You know, whether it's fitness, whether it's botheredness, I, I don't Attitude. know. Attitude. Attitude, maybe. Or we don't rate him. We, he doesn't fit into the style of football. End of story. Just because he's, he was linked, like Flav said, he was linked, what, a couple of seasons ago, maybe? Yeah, maybe even last summer. Before he joined Munich. Yeah, I mean, this. that's just the media and agents linking. The Tottenham are the, are the go-to club when it comes to football Do, transfers. Doesn't anyway, a player so. who's played for Bayern Munich and Inter Milan warrant our attention, though? He would put in some solid performances for Stoke. But for us, it'd probably end up like Dempsey, and it'd be like, why did we waste our money on, on, on someone who's obviously broken? 
But then yesterday, Reese Oxford, the 16-year-old, played for West Ham, and it came out today that he played for Tottenham for a little while, and we and we let him go. People complaining about that. Um, Dimitri Payet from West Ham is another one who he looked very good though. Yeah, but there people after one game, oh my god, we should have signed him. It's like, well, yeah, here we go. Just just, just Chocolate's back. Exactly. Sounds the bullshit. Feels like it never went away. You must get quite frustrated if you listen to this podcast and all the other podcasts, and you're not on Twitter. Because so much of this, you know, the kind of things we complain about is the reaction on Twitter. And we were talking about it at half... And forums. And forums. And we were talking about it at half half time. Um, And and kind of the extreme views of people on Twitter. And there is very rarely a middle ground. Because if you you do kind of harbour the middle ground, you don't really stand out at all. And it's only those that are really kind of extreme in their views or, you know, or on the wind-up that stand out. So I think you kind of... You, a lot of people, unless they're very, very good and very clever, like Billy T, who's coming on the the pod, he's probably the best, ah. the, the best ah. Twitter account other than you speak. <laughs> no, he, he's good. He's, he's, he's fantastic. Solid. The guy, the guy's mind's incredibly quick and funny and witty, and he comes up with glorious shit all the time. Um, anyway, I lost my trail of thought. But yeah, unless you're very, very quick and intelligent, most people aren't, myself included. You kind of have to be extreme in order to stand out, and it does. It, it, it creates an agenda for so many people, including us. A lot of stuff when we're complaining about how Spurs fans are is because of the stuff we've seen on Twitter. It's, just, it's how football fans are on the whole. Um, you don't stand out if you don't hate anything. And um, with Spurs, there's a lot to be resentful about. We were, you know, we, we, we broke the top four monopoly and then we bought Nelson and Saha. And people still talk about that three, four years on. I mean, I think we just need to go over that now. We're a different team. The league is different. Man City are an established top four team. Liverpool have broken from their slumber a little bit, even though they finished above them last season. They've spent thirty. They spent what thirty-two million pounds on one player, Benteke. So and and Firmino. Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's we've spoken about this before anyway. But it's it's it, being angry. It's an easy emotion uh, for the reasons that you've yes, given. Yes, exactly that. Exactly it's, the, that. it's the easiest way to react to something. Like, if you're being balanced or, or just having an opinion or, or, or a positive opinion doesn't make you weak. And actually saying now and again, saying, you know what, we're doing the right thing here. It'd be interesting to see if we do sign two or three more players, which is what I believe we actually need to, to, to be able to progress into the season with confidence. It'd be interesting to see how it's spun by the people that just want to churn out negativity constantly because support the club as like support Tottenham the way you want to support them but if you support them like that you're fucking you're not supporting them properly in my opinion I'm just saying that isn't the way you know if you're with a bird and you want to have sex with her you'll have sex with her you want to sit in a corner and wait off furiously. Well, if you don't want just, to, that's all you got to do. You can't have sex with her if you well, don't. It depends if you've got any Cosby pills on you, I mean. Then. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're on fights, don't you? Fucking hell. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to say quickly, the Stoke game last season at home was a tipping point, and that was at that point, I've said countless amount of times in this podcast, that it was that game that made Postino realise that maybe Kabula's captain and Adibayor as vice-captain wasn't the right thing to do. So... It's just, it's just so much a difference a year makes. No, I was just going to say I'm bored about talking about Twitter shit. That should we just talk about Stoke, the, yeah. the upcoming game? <laughs> our, uh, we've got nothing to say about Stoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, uh, how do you think Stoke was out, Rick? Um, 
it's an interesting, it's an, it's quite interesting mistake because previously, um, they, previously they have been um, kind of this four-four-two rugby team where they're set up in the two banks of four, very defensive, kick lumps out of you, playing the long balls up to crouch, and now they're signing these players uh, like these ex-Barcelona players and other te- uh, and other players that are a lot more kind of um, attack-minded, want to play, want to play the balls on the floor, um, but. So when we've bit, when we've had um, Spurs here, when we've entertained Stoke, it's kind of been that they have all the men behind the ball, and then um, we're kind of trying to break them down, and we can't break them down, and then they hit us on the counter. Um, so I think this time when Stoke come to White Lane, I, I think they might play a bit more open, and I think that will kind of give us a bit more space to take the initiative to to, to go and hurt them quicker than. Yeah. Uh, them sitting back and, and then waiting for us to and kind we, of draw the life out of the game exactly, and, and, we, then, and then hit us on and the we counter. Prob- that, that, that's spot on and we probably need that because it's it's not, not that there's pressure on but because of what happened against Stoke last season and because we're still trying to capture that kind of like really upbeat atmosphere and tempo within White Hart Lane but we need to put on a good performance and we need to be the team uh, with the momentum on the day, rather than it being Stoke saying, you know what, this is our game plan, You're, you lot are going to have to completely adapt the way you play to try and, and penetrate and get through. So it, it, it's, an, it's an interesting game, because if the first 20 minutes go the way it's gone before, it could turn into a really frustrating afternoon. So if, say, if we don't get um, Danny Rose back... We could struggle a lot, and I think um, against Man United we lacked a lot of width. Um, and if we don't play with width, if we don't have those touch lines against a team that are sat to, you know, coming for a draw, then I think we will struggle. Yeah, Walker and Rose are quite important in this game, aren't they? Yeah, because Walker played quite well. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, leading on to that as well, like you know, before that they've had, they've had like the the two banks of four and. and uh, they defend resolutely and kind of um, they will kind of uh, press us for every ball and and sit back but if if they do give us a bit more space then you know we'll have a lot more to work with but then again we've got the same kind of attacking lineup as we did have last year and there isn't this fresh blood in and are we going to be able to to kind of break them down and it's going to be an interesting game a lot more interesting than, than previous seasons well, I mean, also with, with Harry Kane, um, didn't have much to really work off against uh, Man United and um, against Stoke, their physical team. You know, they'll give them plenty of attention and we'll need other people to to step up. Gene De Kane, well, exactly. he'll bring pain. <laughs> Hardcore to the brain. Um, but no, um, Chadley looked, um, Chadley didn't have a great game either because I think him and Rose are just a great combination, reminiscent of Chaluka and Lennon and Bell and Nasuokoto. I think Chadley without Rose behind him struggles, and I think, as I said, it's very important that Rose is fit or either maybe we'll get a new signing and can give us a bit more impetus. All right, Loris looks like he's back. Yeah, yeah. Played, today, yeah. played today, 20, uh, 90 minutes under the under 21s. I think we won 4 1. Yes, um, did, do you know if Pritchard played the 4? No, but I know he scored. Uh, did he score too? I'm sure yeah. Wendy, Wendy will yeah, uh, probably said that the, the youth update. <clears throat> Um, OK, I mean, I, I, I was never that worried about Mark Hughes' teams until last season when he'd done the double over us. I think I remember even when he had Man, Man City and all their riches, we kind of 
done him. I think maybe over two 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 games. Certainly at White Hart Lane, Cranjell scored that great goal. I'd never really worried about Mark Hughes, and it's quite refreshing from his from Stoke's perspective that he's actually looking to not just be solid but actually be expressive as well. And the yeah, players he's brought have backed him. Yeah, they really have, absolutely, and so they should. He's had a really good season last year, so. I've got more respect for Stoke this time round than I did last year, so um, you know I still think we're going to smash them to bits. But is, uh, is Adam going to do a job with Kane like he did on Bale? Probably. I mean, it was interesting seeing his reaction to Milner doing a Charlie Adam on Charlie Adam and his reaction, his reaction to all that. But what I was going to say about Stoke is that was his reaction. Well, he went that shit mental. Did he? Yeah. Was it a bad challenge? Um, it was heavy. It wasn't wasn't terrible. It was a heavy challenge. Mm. But with Stoke, I mean, you got you got Swansea who bought Ayu. You've got um, Palace who bought Kabayi as well. So you've got these three teams who have strengthened reasonably well, all fighting for the same kind of position. And you've got Southampton who have got the extra game. So I think Stoke can have high hopes. Stoke can maybe sneak Europe. And then you've got Everton who've got no Europe as well. So. So I think Stoke fans have got a lot to really look forward to this season. Hopefully those teams will take points of each other and we'll just be we'll be fifth again. We'll win that league. <laughs> win our little mini league. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so predictions? I think we'll win 7-1. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Tottenham. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. I think we're going to win 3-0. Are we all going? Who's going? <coughs> I've actually... Well, no, I don't... I don't. I, don't. I was going to go, but I thought I was away, but now I'm not away, so I'm on my own. Some sad. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. What, are you not going? No, no, no. Pub? Oh, I'll, talk to, I'll talk to you after this. <laughs> All right, fine. It's a um, relevant podcast. Yeah, very relevant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have in conversations on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, well, it's pretty good. But uh, obviously we're bigger, so we can do what we want now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, don't even watch the games. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Watching it for idiot. Idiot ting. It's your first. You must have missed it. You, you got a season ticket, Rick. Oh, I'm dying to get back, mate. Yeah. Dying to get back. There, there's so many little kind of. Uh, I always go to the Spurs cafe, and it's the and it's the one time that kind of obviously every other Saturday or Sunday. Um, that I, I get to go and, and I have a fry up and then I have fried bread and it's like you're not allowed proper, that at home. I, I don't allow myself to eat fry ups all the time. So <laughs> no, it's like no, that, no, that's that, fair that one before the game, destroy that body. Proper fried bread as well, like, and it's <laughs> disgusting. And I'm eating it, thinking this is great. <laughs> and then I, and then I go over to to the pub, have a few beers, catch up with like s- some of the the lads I knock about with uh, if they go to the game. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it's just the fans against United, and I've, you know, sadly, just been sitting there watching video after video, and it just makes your hairs going. You just on your arms, and it's just like I just can't wait to get back in the stadium and walking down and smelling the freshly cut grass and shaking hands and meeting people that you know have had the summer off, having a chat with them that sit round you, and then. Uh, Watching the Spurs, it's fucking, it's it's gonna be. It is amazing. And no matter I don't what, care, man. What happens? So good. Who we sign? Who, who who goes? How badly we're doing? How bad our summer was? Whatever happened the season before? Nothing changes any of what you just said. Yeah, it's the same feeling every single time. It's fucking quality. It is. Okay, all right. So we've got questions. Anyone want to read this out? 
Guido. I'll read the first question now. Okay. 1882 appears dead and on its arse. Oh! Firing shots already. Mm. I say this as the organisation of forward planning is non-existent. I get that there are massive challenges with the club and organising games and dates, etc. But if you look at the turnouts last year, they were poor. I feel that the same hardcore crew will touch an under-21 game whether it's promoted or not. So what is the future of 1882? And that's Guido from our lovely forum, the frankcourt.co.uk forward slash forum. Well, leader... Yeah, uh, it's pretty. I was when I first read it, I was a bit pissed off. To be honest, I got. I was a bit annoyed. I'm okay now, but um, I kind of it's quite quite an aggressive question. I mean, I don't think eighteen eighty two is dead on its ass. Um, certainly, the first team games. I think he's referring to the under twenty ones, which yeah. he has a point. You kind of the interest isn't there. If we're being really honest, um, the interest is just not there. There is a hard core group of people that go, and that's fantastic. And you know, I applaud that massively because the under twenty ones do matter, and any any club, any player that belongs to our club deserves to to be watched and, and applauded and hopefully seen through to the first team. But the fact is that people aren't really interested in it; they're just not. And if if Spurs are playing Arsenal, it's easy, it's easy yeah. to promote. But there were several games we did promote last year for the under twenty ones, and and he's right; it didn't make any difference. Um, in terms of the first team, that they weren't poor at all. Uh, the, I thought some of the best best ones were, were, were last year. Yeah, the Europa League. Europa League against Forest in, in the Cup. That was fantastic. The atmosphere was brilliant. People were waxing lyrical about it on Twitter. I had fantastic experiences at all of those things. Um, but to, to kind of answer the question, the, the, the plan is to carry on doing what we can do, given the fact that the stadium is full for first-team games. It's very difficult to do it. And the only time we can do it is if there's a lack of interest in that game. There's only one block we can sit in, in accordance with the club, and that's 35, and that's only because there's only nine season ticket holders in there. We can't really do the first game of the Europa League because it's, um, it comes free on the season ticket, so everyone takes their, 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 their tickets there. Although that said, it doesn't really count for 35, so we probably could still do that. We're always looking to do it. It's just very, very difficult, and it's kind of irritating, this question, because... The guy, Guido, doesn't really know what goes into it and understand how difficult it actually is to get it done and drum up interest in it. Um, so the answer is no, it's not dead on its, dead on its arse, even though to him it appears it is. Well, the thing of the under-21 games is that um, a lot of things in this day and age are, are fleeting and it's kind of hard to, it gets kind of hard to build. So we'll announce an under-21 game, but people are, all people want to do is the Europa League game. So those are the games that have history behind it. We're in all white, we're under the lights. Um, last year against Asteras, we had the Kane hat-trick, Kane in goal. Hmm. And these are the moments that we kind of focus on more so than the under-21s. And there's not much we can... I'll give you an example. The best one of last year, and this was last summer, uh, against Schalke in... in um... The pre-season game. Pre-season, which we would have been promoting all over the place if we had a pre-season game at White Hart Lane. Um, we took the entirety of, of Block 35. That was, yeah. I think, either 800 or 1,200 people in that block. Uh, uh, I think it's closer to 800. Sorry, I just realised we didn't have a... Uh, is that the first time in, in, yeah. in many, many, many I years? Think, I think the glamour-friendly is what we used to call it. LVG has not done it either. I mean, you know, they haven't done it either. A lot of teams haven't bothered. No, but Spurs didn't. Spurs haven't done it, and that's the first one. And we would have done it, and perhaps this question wouldn't have come up because we'd have been promoting it, but there's been nothing to promote. But that game last year... It's always synonymous was, with one club, the pre-season was, friendly. Uh, do you have to bring that up? Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't bring it up. For yeah. the start, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so uh, that that was fantastic, and that was that was a year ago. Uh, I don't know. It's fine. We're going to carry on with it, whether people think it's dead or not. For me, everything that the kind of that encompasses an 80, 1882 of going there, supporting the, you know, loving the shirt, supporting the team, doesn't matter who's in the shirt, and just, just singing and having a kind of a, a great time with um, fellow Spurs fans that feel the same way, that want to sing constantly for ninety minutes. I absolutely love it. Uh, and the ones that I've been to, it's been absolutely superb, and it's been a great night. But for me, as an adult who has uh, a, a long-term missus, two children, I can't attend 18, every 1882 games at, uh, at 6 o'clock in the arsehole end of Dagenham. Do you know what I mean? It's just I find it very, very hard. Most people do. So, it, and if you're not based in London, if you're not based in those areas, mm. and the games are played wherever, it's really, really hard to get to. And, and I will still look out on Twitter or other social media or anywhere I can get information of what's going on dur- during that night and kind of feel a little bit a part of it, but I'm not actually there. But I'm, I'm, I know how much of a great time everyone's having. It's really, really hard to kind of organise with the club, liaise with them, how many people can go, what section are we going to get, is it going to be sold out, that there is yeah. so much red tape you, need you to have know, to cross. We need to know in order to get 1882 done, certainly in the first team games, and even in, look, most of the, the under-21s were... They were in Stevenage. They were in Stevenage last year, and there was only a few at YR Lane, and, and, and the ones that were weren't that well attended, so, I mean, you think, well, it's not worth the time and effort to do it, because it makes no difference whether we promote it or not, as Guido says. Um... But with the, pre- uh, the Europa League ones, that's also hard because often you don't. Uh, if it's in the group games, you get a fair warning, and we can promote it. We can design posters, and, and to say that the, the, there's no forward planning in it, we're fucking working with a designer to create a poster that's unique enough to attract people's attention. That's forward planning. Working with the club to uh, to, to make sure that. Um, we, we've been given enough time to know when it goes on sale. That, that's forward planning. All this stuff goes into it, on top of a, a full-time job and, and everything else. And lives. And lives. <laughs> yeah. And on top, and on top of all that, anyone could can can muck in and help. It's not like it's all down to down to us. I mean. Even the way the way the podcast is as it is, not anyone can come in and you know give you know ideas. Actually, that's, that's a good point. Actually. I was been thinking about um, like the pod and stuff, and uh, it would if people want to get involved with the fighting cock. Not, there's no reason why you should, but if someone wants to, um, come up with some ideas that, that we can put on on the show, like recordings, or it could be features. It could be that they do away days and they want to record stuff with their mates. It might be that they're a comedian or they can write funny stuff. Whatever it is, send us their ideas in, and we'd, we'd happily. You know, everyone who's got involved with this podcast has done done so, or the, with the fighting court generally done so, because they can kind of they want to offer something. Like Bardi was wasn't involved at the beginning, you weren't uh, T when you know we we spoke on Twitter. So yeah, if anyone who wants to get involved, they can, and it's an open door. We're you know it's not this kind of little cliquey thing or anything like that. That's, that's for ideas, but they're not actually being. On the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. you, you make, make come, sure they understand. Come, the, come up with the ideas. Small print. You're not coming on a fucking pod. <laughs> <laughs> I value my place. <laughs> yeah, I'm on here every second week, and no one's taking fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah, there is loads of people that last to come on. It's lovely because it means people are enjoying what we do. Um, but it's really hard because it's hard enough trying to rotate the, yeah. the people that come on. Generally, you get, all get upset a little bit, don't you? Get I do. I get sad. Little infighting. Bitchiness. 
And then as soon as the mic goes on, we're all mates. Exactly. You just see us when the mic goes off. None of us say, looks at each other in the eye. Very uh, quiet. Song, we're we're like the 1970 Beatles, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a limo waiting for me outside. I just walk straight out of the shop into the limo and I'm gone. Yeah, I've, I've got a cycle home. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, um... Okay. Yeah, look, we we've we kind of dealt with. There will there will be more eighteen eighty twos. We are still on it. You know, the, the most exciting thing with the new stadium as it's coming. You know, we wouldn't actually have to need eighteen eighty two. I mean, some people like that kind of the eighteen eighty two idea and having this banner behind us. Um, but it's all about atmosphere. You don't. We Tottenham don't need it because we have got very passionate support. You saw at Man United at the weekend it was fantastic. I just wanted to be a part of that number. It's funny because he says you know eighteen eighty two appears dead. And on its arse, and then you're thinking we wouldn't even be talking about it in '82 if the, the atmosphere at Tottenham was bang on yeah. every, every every other weekend, and it and it just goes back to the fact that it isn't, and therefore that's why this was birthed there's, there's initially a bun- because people wanted that. That's something. <coughs> there's a bunch of people who have you know made you know come to '82 events. Don't like calling them that. And, you know, they become friends and clicks form and, you know, people go to games together and they create their own little atmosphere at games and people, even at the under-21s are poorly attended. There's a core group of them who go and they met through 1882, so yeah. it, in a way it has done its job. And that includes and season continue. ticket holders, not just there's this other illusion that apparently it's just kids that can't get, that don't have season tickets, yeah. but it, it's just a, a cross-section of, 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 of support. Yeah, people of all ages. Yeah, my dad's 62. It's got a, needs a hip replacement. Still bouncing around like a nutcase. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, we've got another question from Harry Davies on Facebook. He says, "Is Poch right to come out and say we aren't really in the top four chase? Does this mean he lacks ambition, or is he just being realistic?" There should what be a, a third section to that. Is that is he playing playing yeah, the game? Cards close to the chest. Exactly. You leave it. It's a little bit of pressure. Um, all eyes not on us. You only have to look at the teams that are above us, the money they have, the money they've spent, and the expectations the media, their supporters, and the board of each of those clubs puts on the team and the manager. They are expected to be top four. And and pound-for-pound comparison, we probably don't have the right to be there because we lost the momentum a couple of times in the last five years. And we don't spend as much as that. And we don't spend as much wage-wise. It's, it's a major thing. You've yeah. got someone on 60 grand, and then you up against someone on 250 grand. It, it, you know, at the end of the day, we are where we should be based on what we have available to us. Uh, can we change that? Ask me again in five years' time when we've got a new stadium and our revenue matches the revenue of those clubs. At that point, the question you'll be asking is, are you happy to become one of them? Because we will no longer be this club with an excuse. We're we'll <coughs> a club with no excuses and a club potentially on the, on, able to attract the same players they've got. Because we can say, we're in London and we can pay you 200 grand a week. Do you want to be that club? That's, I mean, that's a, a completely different question. But No, it's I, true, though. It's exactly it. But I think we will be wherever we want to be. Oh, no, we're, going, we're heading that way. And, and unfortunately, if you, if you want progression and success, you have to go that way. I mean, for the kind of teams up there at the moment that have a lot of money to spend, you know, like City, like, quoted of, like, 45 mil for, is it Kevin De Bruyne, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, we can't compete in that market. We really can't. But if you think that... I mean, what it seems to be is we're going out and buying young, talented, hungry players. And to say to them, 
you know, yeah, you're not going to be. The, we're not buying 45 mil of a player because you've got a marquee name, and saying to them behind closed doors that we honestly believe you you've got one of the best training centres in the world. Um, you've got all this kind of infrastructure behind you and everything that's going forward that you can come here and you can make a name for yourself. And there's no telling what you can do after that. How great would but, it be to actually win or do something with... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, with, using that kind of... Um, model. Model. I mean, just working hard as a team, as a unit, everyone playing for each other and not being this marquee single name where you have to kind of win the game on your own or whatever. And... Just being a kind of collective that you're there and you all bind to this philosophy and that you're all kind of doing something for the greater good. It's just, I just think that that's where we're at at the moment. And yeah, we could buy players and they could turn out to be duds, but that's the that's the game we're in at the moment because we're building a new stadium. I don't know what the original question was. It <laughs> <laughs> was beautiful, regardless. It's, good. Right, it's Potch right coming out, yeah, lacks ambition. No, I don't think he's lacking ambition. Um, and yeah, I think he has to come out from that realistic point uh, and say that. But I think behind closed doors, he's saying that, you know what, we, we could do this. We, we could. I mean, top four is literally. The, the highest point of it's where, a cut where hair away. His, yeah. It's a cut it's, hair away. It's right <laughs> up there. It is. It is so. Like, like, I mean, not. Like, but you're right. What you're about to say, Rick, right? That it is the highest possible point that Tottenham could achieve. It's the ceiling. Yeah, it is the ceiling. The and ceiling. to achieve at the very top of your game is really, really fucking hard. Over sixty games is but, over sixty games, but, and it's really hard. And if we do that, that's an incredible season. Yeah, something that none of us should really be, should expect. But you can't expect exactly. to perform hundred percent. But what teachers said is true because if you look at last season's points difference, if we had a a better home record, what did he say? The cunt here, yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. If <laughs> if we had a better home yeah. home record, then then we would have been in there. Do you know what I mean? You, you can you can say because if I see a cunt here, I'm out of there. <laughs> <laughs> fucking well away. I'm a mile away. <laughs> Bull the fuck off. <laughs> we were, there's so much wrong with the 1970s. Chill out, Pedro. <laughs> oh fuck no no no! Yeah, I didn't mean it like that at all. No, Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> I can end up in the register. <laughs> let, right, me make, let me make my point. So <laughs> make your point. Make your okay. point. Okay. So <laughs> earlier on today, I read um, I read an article about with, with, about Alan. Pardew. And he's given all these hopes that we're going to get a top half and if we can reach Europe. Because they're ceiling. I mean, obviously, the, when we were, when Yol first took over, what was our ceiling? We, did, we, just, we just, like, played and got on with it. We never yeah. had... I mean, we, we weren't um, anchored to a top-four finish. We weren't anchored to anything. And it was eighth place, wasn't it, for exactly. a long time? But then, you know, there, there's obviously seven higher places than that. But, mm. um, you know, you've got teams like, as I said before, Swansea, Stoke, Southampton to a lesser extent, Everton, who who are fighting below us as well. So, um, so I don't think he necessarily lacks ambition, but <coughs> if, if Palace say they're going to finish... In a European place, and they don't. The manager doesn't get sacked. If Potch says we are a top four team, and we don't, and we don't get yeah. it, he may not get sacked. But he, his position is weakened by him saying that. So it's easy for Mark Hughes or Martinez and these guys to say, "Oh well, we can get to European place," but we can't just say we're going to finish in the top four above Arsenal, City, United, or Chelsea because. It's unrealistic. The, the, the other major problem is because of these clubs that are top four finishers every season and the money that they, they're willing to spend, they, they, they're, they're basically, take Chelsea for example, they buy top draw players for a lot of money 
to replace the players they bought the previous season that they've sent out on loan. Or, like, you look at Man City, some of the strikers they've bought in recent years, top-draw strikers that could have, could have played for any of the top six teams, but they're on the bench. And then they get sold a couple of years later. And it's like, you're actually, you're basically fucking up the, the transfer market to the point where we're missing out on these type of players because they're more willing to go and sit on the bench for them lot and an X amount. And we're, we're, we're signing Soldado or whoever because that's all that's available to us. So it, 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 it's a difficult position for us to be in. I mean, but we're still not that far away from doing something but because of the pressure on those clubs. On top of all that, Chelsea give Palace Bamford, they gave Stoke Van Ginkle. They did um, purpose. No, but, no, but I'm saying that they gave Everton Lukaku. <coughs> yeah. All these teams are below us. We could do with those players. Let's yeah. face it, we could do with them. Yeah. And, they, and they, Atsu, I think it's at Bournemouth or whatever. They're giving these players... Tactical. All, yeah, they're giving these players... They're more likely to take a points off of other teams around. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's, that's, that's also what we're up against as well. I mean, Money, man. Money's fucking... It's killed it. I think, um, I mean, as I said before, the Nelson Saha... That, that's, just, that's just an indication of what could have been for us. If we had just brought a couple of decent players in, we could have been there. But it's four years ago. I think we just need to move on from that now. It's, it's uh, happened. Hello, so Campbell. Like, you fucking hell, yeah, us move on you, from something. You brought it up, mate. No, I, I, did, I did bring it up. I've seen it being mentioned a few times over the, over the weekend. Oh, I went on. I went on. Well, yeah, I went on bring it up to the thousands and thousands of listeners we have. Well, no, they need to know. They need well, to know. Because at the time, well, that, that window, <laughs> that fucking window. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You never take myself up and You gotta let it go. You gotta let it go. I know, I should, I should really. I love the way you nearly dropped back into it. I know, I know. (laughs) Alright. I thought I was out. (laughs) Colwell94, this is. um, William. William Colwell. Is his name William Colwell? Oh, it's Will. Will, alright, Will. Strong name. Billy. Billy, alright, Billy Colwell. Uh, He writes writes for us. I I think um, the Tottenham Way, the new new podcast that's come out, uh, should have a listen. Very good. Yes. no, that sounded condescending, but it wasn't, I promise. Uh, it, they were trying to snatch him, I think. Yeah, we're not, him, we're, we're not having it. We've got him. He's ours. When I, I looked at 94, that's safe to say, isn't it? Yes. 1994, that makes him about 20-odd or something, doesn't it? Makes him 21. 21, that's safe. All right, uh, yeah, he asked, if Tottenham Fan TV asked you asked to interview after a tough loss, how would you react? I think a fair way would be um, a 1-2 down the pipe. What does that mean for our unurban listeners? Uh, well, just boxing fans. It's oh. just, it just means a jab straight right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be, I'd be really irritating for them because they, they wouldn't use anything I'd say. I'd be very measured yeah. on purpose. If I say a camera stuff, I'd be, I'd be so measured about. It. Well, well, you know, Ben Slade played bad, but he's only twenty years old, and uh, yeah. you know, Ericsson played bad, and it wasn't really, it wasn't really his <laughs> fault. And I actually thought, Carl, I actually thought Carl Walker did okay as well. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really that upset about it. So, yeah. although, although I don't think our, our, our supporters are as needy uh, and and as insecure as the Arsenal lot, there's a lot of people that are slagging off <laughs> Tottenham, the potential for Tottenham fan TV to exist. They exist and in a way. The, well, the thing is. We'd lap it up. You only have to look at the type of stuff that gets posted on, on Twitter. There's, there's people that are genuinely funny, but there's also people that like to make a strong point and get their point bullied across uh, the, their, their timeline. They'd love it. 
if they were put in front of a camera, mm. if you started as a face to the, to the words, and it isn't just 140 characters, it's a it's a, a rant in front of a camera. Would, would it be something so if I, you came out of the ground and we just got spanked by Arsenal? Would you? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm fucking having a kebab, mate. You can follow me to the kebab shop and, and I'll, I'll interview me there, but I'm not fucking standing in front of, uh, in front of a camera. The question to us: If Tottenham fan TV asked to interview after a tough loss, how would you react? After said, I'd be measured. Nah. I don't want to do the interview. I'm going to the bell, mate. That'd be it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And you're talking no. about you. Everyone here thinks you're talking about the pub, but I know what you really mean by the bell. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a bad experience. I'm going to the bell. <laughs> oh I cracked myself up. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd, uh, what is the general? The actual question is: Would we want it? I mean, Spurred on uh, are doing something similar. Yeah, they're, they're, I've not seen any footage though. No, they are. They're doing it. Yeah. And they're, they're, Bardi's a big fan. Yeah, oh, look, it, it's they're, they're doing what they're doing, and it hasn't been too bad actually. And I think the reason why um, it's not as explosive. Lee entertaining as Arsenal fan TV is because, because we're not fucking milk. Our fans, <laughs> yeah, we've got better fans. We're better human beings at Sport Tottenham, and that, we've known that for a long time. We're we know, people that understand football for a start. Well, you just know, like when you meet someone in the pub and they tell you they're an Arsenal fan, you know that you're not really going to get on. You're not going to become best mates. Yeah, and um, you know, that, I think that that kind of sums them up. Really, they're a different breed of football fan, and we won't. I'm pretty sure. I'm holding. T- Knocking wood there. I, I hope that we won't produce the type of content, regardless of the result, that Arsenal fan TV do. I, th- I think we would, but. Do you reckon? Yeah. But, it's going to say quickly Liverpool have it, Man United have it, and Chelsea have it. But the Arsenal fan TV is the only one, really. There's one at Man United, the, that guy. Yeah, the, yeah, the Andy Tate. Yeah. And Liverpool have got the guy who said. Um, <laughs> Andy Tate's well funny guy. <laughs> he is. <I> don't care. <laughs> He's brilliant. <laughs> then you got the Liverpool, you got the Liverpool bloke who said about Chelsea. Yeah, no, yeah, that's so, true. I mean, look, so, no, I mean, other, other, other clubs do it, but they're not as bad as Arsenal. I don't know what it is. As I said, I mean, if they're the death in the family, I mean. Yeah. The fuck, it's I mean, the type of supporters that club attracts because they are a franchise. They are plastic. They want to. They, they're people that have got <laughs> nothing in their life, and they want to be associated with success no matter what. And they're petulant when it doesn't go according to their, you know, their 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 their, their master plan. It, it will happen to us. It will. I'll, I'll, it'd be a sad day if, the, the, if we the, turn I, it I think there, there, there will be some... Um, a particularly bad result. The, turns well, people. no, I just think I think that they will gather their characters that they go and speak to that are, are quite, you know... It's outspoken. I also yeah, think... Yeah, I also want to be on TV. They, I also think that Arsenal fan TV going. also attracts that... Because they've kind of made a name for themselves where they're, you know, they'll put on the views of anybody regardless of how uh, stupid they sound... Um, it attracts those people, so they know where they're going to record, and they they, yeah. they kind of go to it like flies to shit, and um, they kind of, you know, it attracts that kind of thing, and and maybe over a couple of seasons, Spurs will do that as well. I don't know, but I, I don't. I truly believe that what our support's different. I don't. Fair enough. Okay, well that's it from the end of the. That's the end of the Fighting Cop podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's not been a bad bad pod. Yeah. We're back in the swing of things. Anyway, I've got, I've got to go to Bull Street tomorrow to take part in their... Bull, Bull Street's this uh, media organisation that, that, that do a lot of work with uh, grassroots football 
media organisations similar to the Fighting Cock, and they also work with uh, Arsenal Fan TV, to be fair. Um, anyway, they, they, they've, they've invited us down tomorrow to do be a part of their predictions league. T, you got your hand up, what's up? Well, I've got a couple of things to kind of... Go on, before I come yeah. on to this, go on. OK, well, um, there's, the, there's a Guardian thing that you were on, you were all sweaty. Yeah. Could you please um, talk the people through this? Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, you say sweaty, man? Well, I, I don't know why. I, I didn't notice I was that sweaty until I saw That's it part back. one of two, by the way. Yeah, part, I, I didn't realise I was. And um, basically, it was a really hot day, for a start. Really, it was like one of the hottest days of the year uh, at the time. It's like mid-July. So I was already hot from walking to the pub... And I had half a pint, and then he sat me down in front of a camera, and there was like four lamps on me, and I was like, I can feel I'm sweating, I can feel I'm up, but I must look alright because obviously the you know the guy who was very nice that said, you know, you look a bit sweaty, wipe yourself down, but he never said it, so I presumed that it looks alright. Um, and then when it came out, I was like, Jesus, what's a sweaty Betty? <laughs> It was, uh, it was pretty embarrassing. So it, was, it was quite amusing. It was a sweaty mess. Um, but, you know, you've got to embrace these things. I'm not trying to be anything other than uh, a Tottenham Hotspur fan, and sometimes Tottenham Hotspur fans get sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> very true, very well said. That's yeah. um, great, man. Yeah, we're what, are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? <laughs> yeah. um, and the second part was um, you did... Um, did an interview on um, exposure, the the charity. Yeah, and um, it almost read like a like a resignation letter. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. What I, is this about? Well, it's not. It wasn't the way it came across in the interview. But when the did he misquote you? No, no, he didn't. He didn't. He what he. <laughs> no, what he, what he what was written in the interview was what I said, but it was part of lots of other stuff that had been said. But the focus for some reason was on that. Um, I, you know, there's, there's nothing to it, really. I feel like I'm fucking... <laughs> you're you're <laughs> under those lamps again. Yeah, right? under those people are quoting on transfer speculation. <laughs> nothing to it, Gav. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting cock till I die. To the cast yeah, I know what, what the comment was, was that he... Are you... This is really self-indulgent, but are, are you... Um, I, I said I don't have as much enthusiasm for it when I, when I started, but we, this is the fifth year we're doing it. If I did, I'd be fucking weird in the brain, surely. You all you feel the same way, surely. What, don't feel as much enthusiasm to you, do the fighting cock as... You did when you started. started? Is that what you said? Yeah. Mate, you're a prick. Yeah. Oh, fuck off, to me, know. that does actually sound like you're... you're Hold on. You're hitting I, I, for I, I, a move. I'm networking now. Right. You're making networking. yourself available to other podcasts. I'm on The Guardian shows. sweating it up. Who's That's there? a little subtle clue <laughs> to them. fucking mug, mate. To say you are available. <laughs> you fucking mug. Right. Fucking out of order. Can I respond to these horrible accusations? You've been here for fucking three times last season, Spooky, so you can shut up. And you, what? on the first season, you was like, I'm not going to miss a fucking pod. And got the arsehole when someone else took your space. How many, ki- what, how many kids have you got? That's true, two. I've got one. Well, no one asked you to have kids. They're not the be-all and end-all of this life. <laughs> Maybe you should prioritise the fighting cock over the children that you have in your life. You've got to sort your pull-out game, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> no, pull-out game no, week. No, no, yeah, it is week. No. <laughs> and that ain't going to change. <laughs> that ain't going to change. You like sticking yeah, it yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's in. It's in. It's I ain't in. moving. It's not a podcast. I ain't moving. It it's, it's in, and I ain't moving until it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anyway. Sorry, you're making a ball treat by minutes. <laughs> yeah, I've got a meeting ball treat. That's brilliant, Ricky. I love you. Uh, and they asked us to do a prediction. I'm asking how I can defend this. Um, so, my prediction for the league was, and I'm only going to top eight, okay? Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, Man City, Liverpool, <laughs> Southampton, <laughs> Arsenal, Everton. <laughs> I've, I've got to defend this on camera. How do I do it? 
Uh, so I wasn't thinking, I just sent it, this looks good. Just say that, to yeah, be honest. Say, no, <laughs> no, just say, like, just... What? You ain't got a massive justify, just say, that, that, that's how I feel, fuck you. Maybe, oh, OK. <laughs> Maybe I'll just say, I'm going to I'll put it in and staying in until yeah, I finish. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly that's exactly it. Yeah, that's all you've got. That's all you've got to do to explain yourself. Is I'm moving till the job's done. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Biting Cop podcast. Thank you everyone for downloading. Thanks for. There's only like 50 fanzines. If you want your fanzine now, uh, order it. Uh, otherwise, you ain't getting one. Uh, free apps. New t-shirts coming out soon. Spooky, it's been lovely to have you back. Nice to be back, Ricky. Yeah. T. Safe. <laughs> Not your flav. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.